Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. I believe that with everything in me, you may be seated. Praise team, please stay where you are. I don't want to be very long tonight, but I do want to, I want to prepare our hearts for sacrifice. And that is what I want to talk about, preparing for sacrifice, preparing for sacrifice. Now, the carnal mind might think, well, we're preparing to starve. We're preparing to pray a lot. We're preparing to be at the church every night this week from 7 to 8. By the way, I failed to mention that a few moments ago. Every night this week from 7 to 8, we will be having a season of prayer here, and we ask you to please be here if you can. Everybody say, I'm going to be here. Now, the carnal mind might think that's difficult. Well, well, preacher, you live real close to the church. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to drive to church. You're so close to church. That's true. That's true. But it's still a sacrifice to give of my time when I could be doing other things. And I, and I recognize many of you drive from all across Houston, and, and you fight traffic, and you fight the devils of I-45 and the Hardy Toll Road and 99 and 59 and every other freeway with a number and less in it. I recognize that, but I believe that I believe tonight that we are preparing ourselves for sacrifice, and all that means is we are preparing ourselves tonight to lay our life on the altar of consecration and dedication. There is nothing more important for the Christian to be 100% dedicated and consecrated to the cause of Christ, and I recognize we should be that way 365 days a year. I recognize this. So we're not trying to say that you only have to be that way for just these seven days. No, but I'm saying that as a church family, we're going to focus together. We're going to put our hands in each other's hands. We're going to put our arms on each other's backs, and we're going to bind together both figuratively and literally in the spirit. We're going to do that, and God is going to meet us. I don't know what all he's going to say, and I don't know what all he's going to do, but one thing I know that if we humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways, he will hear us and then he will heal us. And I need God to hear me and I need God to heal me. I don't know. I might be the only one like that here tonight, but I need God to hear my prayers. I guess I might be the only one with stress in my life and I must be the only one with pressures in my life, but I am going after the Lord like a pit bull this week with everything I got. And when I got him, I'm not going to let go of him. I'm not going to let go of him. It might be like Jacob wrestling with that uh, with the angel. I might walk away with a limp. I might walk away looking different. I might walk away acting different, but that is all right by me because I got to get in touch with Jesus Christ. He's got to make himself known in my situation. I got to have him in my marriage, and I got to have him in my family, and I got to have him in my church. More than ever before, we have to be a church of consecration and dedication. We must lay ourselves on the altar 
of Jesus Christ and open up our hearts. And that's what I plan for us to do tonight. We must open up the windows of our hearts and of our mind and of our speech and of our motives and say, God, here I am. Whatever you want to take out, take out. And whatever you want to put in, put in. I am yours, God, and you are mine. I belong to you. You are the author and you are the finisher. You are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. So I trust, God, that you're going to do good things. And I trust that, that you might, uh, uh, your will might be for me to walk a difficult path, uh, but I trust that you still order my steps uh, on the path that you lead me. That is the God that we serve. He orders our steps. Second Samuel chapter 24, verse 18 says, On that day God, excuse me, on that day Gad, the man of God, went to David and said to him, Go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of uh, of Aranah, the Jebusite. Amen. On that day, Gad went to David and said, Go up and build an altar. Everybody say that. Build an altar. Build an altar. That's what we're doing this week. We are building altars, and building altars are never easy, but who said anything in life worth doing was going to be easy? I want to, if it, if, if it requires me to do hard things, I want to do hard things for God. There are 1,444 minutes in every day, in every 24 hours, we sit through 1,440 minutes. However, not every minute to not uh, not every minute is a moment for us uh, to remember. How many can say amen to that? There's uh, there's some minutes uh, that we want to forget. There's some moments uh, that we want to forget. And for just a few minutes tonight, I want to talk about the distinction between minutes and moments. A minute is something that is a minute is something that is, is uh, that is defined by time. But a moment is something that we remember that we can always live and we can always go back to. A moment is like a a memory. There's a difference between a minute and a moment. Everybody say minute. Now say moment. Moment. And there is a difference between the two. Minutes pass by every 60 seconds, but moments can oftentimes last a lifetime. And if the moment itself doesn't last a lifetime, the memory of something significant that happened will last a lifetime. Here we find David stepping out of a minute into a moment. He was stepping out of a bad season of life. He was stepping out of a season of judgment into a moment where he would recognize the provision and the miracle working power of God. And we might live in a different dispensation and we might worship and do things differently thanks to the blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary. However, there are still lessons that we can draw from this moment in time that David had to suffer through. Amen. Again, minutes come every 60 seconds, but moments are rare, and when they happen, they last a lifetime. Every minute matters, as I talked about this morning. Every minute that we live matters, and we must redeem the time, for time is not in our favor. We don't know when the Lord is coming back, but we know He's coming soon. So every minute that we live, we should live a life that's pleasing unto God. That's why it's important that we get our hearts right. It's important that we get our finances in order. It's important that we get our families in order. But more importantly than all of that, it's 
it's important that we get our heart aligned with God's word and we get God's spirit in our heart. Uh, for in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the sound of the trumpet is going to sound and the eastern sky is going to crack and we will be up in heaven with the Lord in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. It doesn't say a minute, but it says a moment. Why is it a moment? Because a moment is something definitive that is not bound by time. It was the minutes leading up to this text that I just read that make it a moment to remember. It was the events that led up. So let me backtrack for just a few seconds. In 2 Samuel chapter 24, it, it, we're not going to read it tonight, but if you would this week, tonight, sometime over the next seven days, go read the first 17 verses of 2 Samuel chapter 24, and that, and, and that will be the story of which my thought tonight is based upon. It tells the story of the minutes leading up to David's defining moment. In these verses, David failed to trust God and number Israel him. God came and said, David, I need you to make a number of Israel. I need you to do this very specific thing. And David did not obey the voice of the Lord. And he had someone else do the work that God had called him to do. That's why it's important that when we answer the call of God, we do what God wants us to do. Sir, if God has called you to be the, uh, the spiritual leader of the home, you be the spiritual leader of the home. Don't make the wife be the spiritual leader of the home. She, the Scripture says we are to love our wives as Christ uh, love the church. Therefore, we are the leader. We're not male chauvinists. We don't believe that women must just submit and stay in the kitchen barefoot and not work, and they always got to have a baby on their hip, although it's kind of been like that the last few years uh, at my house, and I'm sorry about that baby. I mean, we're going to work on that. We're going to get you out of the kitchen and get the babies off your hips. Amen. Wow, that wasn't even in my notes. But men, we must rise up and be leaders in our home. And this week is a week where, sir, if you've struggled with that, this is your time to make it right with not only your spouse, but to make it right with God. Amen. We cannot expect others to do what God has called us to do. I can't expect someone else to get up here and do what God has asked me to do. I, you, can't me, you can't make me go do what God has gifted you with. I, I, I can't reach the people that you can reach, and I can't talk to the people that you can talk to and people and, and even if I could they wouldn't listen to me like they would listen to you because God didn't place those people in my life he placed them in your life and equally he didn't place me in their life but he placed you in their life therefore we can't always do the work for each other yes there's times when we bind together and we carry the load for each other that is definitely biblical but you have to do what God has called you to do if God's called you to be a Sunday school teacher and you aren't teaching Sunday school you are to get up uh, off the seat and teach Sunday school. If God has given you a gift of any form, not even necessarily to be used in the official and the official um, um, offices of the church, uh, but just in the kingdom of God, just being an encouragement to someone and you aren't doing that, you ought to get your harp uh, off the willow because it's important. Uh, if you don't do that, the minutes that you live, uh, if you don't, if you don't fulfill God's purpose in the minutes that you live, you might miss uh, the moment 
moment that God has prepared for you. And everybody say amen. Because of David's rebellion as king and leader of God's chosen people, God sent a pestilence to the land for three days. And while you say there was a pestilence, there was a problem in the land for three days, it's just 72 hours. We can can handle problems for 72 hours. I beg to differ. It was problems that still hurt the nation of Israel even to this day. Why do you ask? Because for 72 hours, 4,320 minutes or 21,000, excuse me, for 72 hours, 4,320 minutes, 21,600 men died because of the pestilence that God sent to the children of Israel all because a man refused to listen to the voice of God and follow the commandments of God. You might not have 21,000 people that you know, but there might be a pestilence that comes to your family, sir or ma'am, because you do not follow the commandments of God. I don't, I don't like preaching the judgment of God because I believe that God is merciful, but there's coming a day of judgment. As long as there is blood in our body and breath in our lungs, God is a God of mercy, but we don't know when that last breath will leave our body and we don't know when the last beat of that heart will tick. But at that moment, God quits being merciful and he becomes a judge. He is a just judge. He will judge fairly. It's not like the judges that we face today oftentimes. We can be assured that God will judge us like we deserve and I'm thankful for that. But we still must live every minute of our life recognizing that there's coming a day when the mercy and grace of God will run out and the judgment of God will begin. The judgment of God might be great or the judgment of God might be bad. But but, but regardless, we recognize that we serve a God who is merciful but will one day be judgeful. We don't have time to waste. For 72 hours, 21,600 men died. To break that down so we can get a grasp on that, five men per every minute passed away every single minute for three days. Imagine over the next 60 seconds of five individuals in this room fell dead. And then the next 60 seconds, another five fell dead. And then the next 60 seconds, another Another five fell dead. We're at 15. And then the next 60 seconds, another another five fell dead. That was the judgment. That was the pestilence that God sent. And I recognize that if he could do it in the Old Testament, he can do it in one way or another in our life. I don't think that he will just literally kill people, but he will send confusion. He will allow us to be deceived. He will allow us to, be, to believe a lie and be lost. And that's just as good as dead in my book. For I must be saved. Does anybody feel like that tonight? Come hell or high water, come riches or or come poverty, I got to be saved. Every single one of those minutes were long and they were painful. Every minute, five five men died or to break it down to where we can really get our minds around it every 20 seconds a man died for three days one Mississippi two Mississippi three Mississippi four Mississippi five Mississippi six Mississippi seven Mississippi eight Mississippi now you get the drift and by the time we get to 20 somebody falls over dead imagine eating dinner with your loved one and 
daddy falls over dead. Imagine riding down the road in your Rolls Royce donkey cart and Bubba falls off the wagon because God had sent a pestilence. Church family, we must live our life according to what God is commanding us to do and God is commanding a people of sacrifice and adoration to him. Finally, the voice of the Lord said, go up and build an altar. That's where we pick up our story after 72 hours of death. After 21,600 men had fallen over dead as a doornail, leaving their children and their family and their friends to mourn the loss, all because of one man's rebellion to the voice of God. But God sent a man that could change it all if one man would just obey. And his man, his voice for the king, David was named Gad, and Gad said, go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor. And Gad, and I'm so glad that David obeyed the commandment of God. Aren't you thankful that God will always give you a second chance? Aren't you thankful that God always gives you a third chance? Aren't you thankful that God always gives you a fourth chance? Come on, somebody. Could you think back and remember where you were and how many times you failed God? But he is rich in mercy, and he allowed you to get back up. He didn't just allow you to get back up, but he reached over the balconies of heaven and he pulled you up out of the thick, miry sin of clay because that's the God that we serve. The man of God told David, go and sacrifice. And I echo the man of God from 2 Samuel tonight. As a church family, we must go and we must sacrifice. In that time, the sacrifice was spiritual, but it was also physical. And I recognize we don't make the same sacrifices that they do, as I've already mentioned, because of the work of Calvary. But we still must make a sacrifice, and the sacrifices are both physical and spiritual just like they were in the Old Testament. A spiritual transaction took place because of a man who physically obeyed the Word of God. And let me pause and say here that if you obey the Word of God and if you sacrifice this week, I'm not saying obey my words, but I'm saying obey the Spirit that leads you this week. And if you do what the Spirit says, it will not only be a physical, a fasting of a meal or a physical sacrifice of your time or of your finance, but a super supernatural transaction will take place. I I can't tell you what supernaturally will happen, but I can guarantee you something will happen in your life, and I need something to break in my life. I need something to happen in my church. A physical sacrifice was made. A spiritual sacrifice was made. And God honors sacrifice. If you're wondering why God is not honoring your prayers. And you're wondering why you feel like God is not honoring the life that you are living. I ask you tonight to examine yourself. Are you making any sacrifices for him? Are you doing anything for him? Or are you living according to your own lustful desires. And your own carnal thinking. But woe be unto me if I do that. For I have been 
been bought with a price and I'm not going to walk out on the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to use the mercy and grace of God as a license to sin as the apostle wrote, as the apostle Paul wrote in the book of Romans, but I'm going to honor his word and I'm going to live his word. Every day that I live, I'm going to walk according to the principles found in his word. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The word of God is enough for you, church family. It will keep you. It will save you. It will protect you. It will keep your marriage together. It will keep your finances together. Come on, somebody give God praise tonight. Thank you for his word tonight. Long before the sacrifice was honored, the cost had to be paid. It cost them effort, energy, and their own possessions. They had to go and they had to buy the materials to sacrifice. They had to find the animal. They had to find, they owned the animal and they had to go wrangle it up. Back then, their animals were their money, not just their food. It cost them something heavy. It cost King David a lot to get right back. It cost calls David to get right in the graces of God. Amen. David's call to sacrifice was something that we can all learn from this evening. An opportunity. It was an opportunity for a heavenly transaction. Uh, It was an opportunity for there to be a heavenly transaction. David's call to sacrifice was an opportunity to stop the death and all the collateral damage that happened because of his own rebellion. Don't think for one moment, sir, ma'am, young person, young adult, that just because you make a mistake and you choose to rebel against God that it will not affect others. Your sin does affect others. Your mistakes do affect others. That's why we must be careful every word that we say, every place that we go, and every action that we act out because there was always collateral damage for sin. And I don't want the blood of some other Christian to be on my hands. I recognize that there's mercy and grace, but I don't want to be responsible for someone else's mistake. The opportunity was given and David obeyed. And it's beautiful when we obey God's promises. Excuse me, it's beautiful when we obey God's commandments and the word of the Lord that comes through us, to us. This week, hear me tonight, is an opportunity for us to obey the commandment of God. This week, an opportunity is given. And I wonder if anybody here will obey the opportunity. I can't promise you, I can't say here, I can't stand here and say that if you don't obey, if you don't participate in this week of sacrifice, the bad is going to come to you and judgment's going to come to you. I, I, I just don't live like that. I'm not, I, I don't want to be a doom and gloom preacher. That's not what I'm trying to be tonight, but I do want us to realize the, uh, 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 I do want us to realize the severity and the seriousness of sacrifice. My main idea tonight can be found in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verses 19 through 24, and I want to talk about that for just a few short minutes. 2 Samuel 24, 19 said, So David went up as the Lord commanded him through Gad. He got up, he recognized that he made a mistake, and he said, Okay, I'm going to make it right. 
I might not have obeyed God yesterday, but I'm going to obey him today. And I think that's that. this right here, we can preach a whole message off of this one thing. So David got up. Some of you need to get up from where you are. Some of you are laying in the bed of your own condemnation. And some of you are laying in the bed of your own guilt. And some of you are laying in the bed of peer pressure and laying in all kinds of beds that you should not be laying in. All you have to do is get up. If you get up, God will restore you. If you get up, God will forgive you. If you get up, God is bound by his word to forgive give you and heal you and save you and deliver you and is anybody thankful for that tonight so David realized that minutes have been passing and all kinds of things had gone wrong in the last in, in the last 4,000 or so minutes everything had gone wrong and now there were people mad at David because the pestilence came because of his lack of submission to God and David recognized this is my moment to right the wrong that I have done I can never give a I can never give a boy his daddy back I can never give a wife her husband back I can never give a family back the finances that that man restored, but I can give back the people God's blessing. I can do the thing that is right for my family, and that's what we should do as believers today. This was David's moment to stop a plague, and this week is your moment to, listen, there's people under the sound of my voice, this week is your moment to stop the plague in your life. I wish you would listen to me, and I wish you would apply this word to your life. Some of you have lived in financial plagues. Some of you are in the middle of a marital plague. Some of you are in the middle of a plague in your career. Some of you have have family that you haven't talked to in years. Friends that you are estranged from. Some of you have bitterness in your life. We have been plagued with many things all across the room tonight. Even though we all look like we love God and we obey God's word. Yes, that might be true, but we have still been plagued. But the minutes that you have been plagued can stop if you recognize this is my moment. This is my opportunity, and I'm going to seize the moment. This was David's moment to answer the call of sacrifice, and this is our moment to answer the call of sacrifice. I will be I, I, I will be open with you this week. I plan to fast more than I have ever fasted in my life. I, I plan to pray this week more than I have ever prayed in my life. I plan to give this this coming Sunday more than I've ever given in my life. Not because I want God's blessings, but because I recognize that when I open up the windows of my heart, God will meet me there. I don't need another blessing. Yes, there's a lot of things that I would like in this world, but I don't need another blessing from God. All I need from God is relationship. All I need from God is intimacy. That's where we have to get, church family. You better not sacrifice this week trying to manipulate God for he, for you cannot manipulate him, but we got to do this this week because God, I want to be closer to you. God, I want to hear your voice more clear than I have ever heard your voice. God, I want to be closer to you than I have ever been before. God, I desire a relationship with you that I have only dreamed of and imagined over the last 29 years of my life. This was David's moment and this is Conroe United Pentecostal Church's moment and no one else could do it for David and nobody else can do it for you and nobody else can do it for me and nobody else can do it for this church as a church body. But we got to 
sacrifice. We have to do whatever we feel like God is calling us to do. Hear me tonight. I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to spend and be spent. God, if you got to take things from me, take things from me. God, if you got to cause relationships to cease, cause relationships to cease, God. Whatever you have to do to me, God, do to me. Get my attention. Draw me close to you, oh God. This is your moment, church family. This is your moment. Seize the moment. Seize the opportunity that this week is offering us. 2 Samuel 2, verse 20 says, when, when, when Arana, that's a hard word to say. I'm glad that's not my name in 2016. Praise the Lord. When he saw the king and his officials coming towards him, he went, the king, speaking of David, when he saw King David and his officials coming toward him, he went out and bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. And he said, why has my lord the king come to his servant? This man was humbled that the king, the king, the man who reigns my kingdom, he's royalty. He has come to me. Why do you come to me? Why do you come to a servant? Why do you come to a nobody? Why, why have you come to me? And David answered and said, to buy your threshing floor so I can build an altar to the Lord that the plague on the people may be stopped. And he said to David, let my Lord, Lord, the king, excuse me, let my Lord, the king take whatever he wishes and offer it up. Here are oxen for the burnt offering and here are the threshing sledges and ox yokes for the wood. Your majesty your, your majesty Arana gives us, gives all this to the king and he also said to him, may the Lord your God accept you. Amen. But the king replied, this is what I want to focus on the king replied, no I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. Church family, we cannot offer a sacrifice to God that has not cost us something. We cannot give praise and true worship to God if it has not cost us something. We have to get to the point this week where God I'm willing to give until it hurts. I'm willing to pray until I have no voice. I'm willing to fast until I'm weak. I don't want to do it to prove a point to me or anyone else. I don't do this for legalistic reasons, God, but I do this because nobody can sacrifice for me but me. Nobody can pay the price of my sacrifice but me. Stand with me this evening, church family. There is no such thing as a free sacrifice. And let me say it like this. There is no such thing as a free harvest. There is no such thing as a free revival. Things in life are not free if it's worth having. A cheap sacrifice does not exist. A cheap revival does not exist. It may happen for a few days. It might happen for a few years. But eventually the truth is going to come out about it. But if you want something that's lasting and you want something that's going to get God's attention and you're going to stay in his favor. It's going to cost us uh, something. If you took a shortcut or got a good deal on it, it's not sacrifice. If you didn't give God your heart when you prayed, it's not sacrifice. But this is what David said. I will not offer something to God that cost me nothing. 
I will not offer lip service to God that costs me nothing. I will not fast my I will not fast my morning coffee and my afternoon Snickers bar because it costs me nothing. I will do something significant. I will not give twenty dollars when I could give God five thousand or more. I'm not trying to manipulate people here tonight. That's not what this is, but I'm trying to get our attention that we must sacrifice for the cause of Christ. We don't need money. We need sacrifice. We don't need fasting. We need sacrifice. We don't need just loud prayers, but we need prayers that are sacrificial. We need intercession. We need moanings in the Spirit. We need a supernatural work of God's Spirit. And according to God's Word, it only happens when we sacrifice. This week, God is calling for sacrifice. He's calling for you to sacrifice. He's calling for you to make a commitment that you have never made before. Will this just be another series of minutes over the next seven days? Or will this be your moment? Will this be the moment in this church's history that changes everything? Will this be the moment in your family tree that changes everything? Yeah, the Senate can say that I'm just up here, I'm just saying big words and I'm trying to manipulate and I'm trying to move your emotions. Hear me tonight, that is not what I'm trying to do. I genuinely believe with every fiber of my body that God can change the course of my life this week. I believe God can change the trajectory of growth for this church this week. I believe that. I believe God can change the trajectory of your career. I believe your marriage that's going down can go up. I believe God can do that this week. That's the God that we serve. Either he's God or he is not. He's Lord of everything or he is Lord of nothing. And I believe this week uh, God is wanting to prove to this church uh, that he really does own the cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, I believe this week God is really wanting to prove to his people that he really does hear your prayers. Uh, I believe this week that God really does want to save our lost family members. Uh, I believe this week that God can fill sinners uh, with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I believe that's what he wants to do. And I claim that in the name of Jesus. And does anybody feel like that with me tonight? Is anybody willing to say, whatever the cost, God, whatever the cost, God, move in my life, Jesus. If you feel like that, I'm asking you together with me around the front. Please keep the spirit. Please, nobody, nobody get distracted in this moment. God to change this church it's going to cost everyone something if we truly believe that he is God and we truly believe that his word and his promises are yea and amen then this week is going to cost everybody something it's going to cost us something spiritually it's going to cost us something physically 
be a great time for a media fest. It'd be a great time for a social media fest. It'd be a great time for you to turn off the music, Christian or secular, and you just listen to the voice of God instead of the voice of other things. It's going to cost us something financially because where our heart is, there our treasure is. We hear of revivals of the past. We hear of the Brush Harbor days we hear of. We hear of Alexandria, Louisiana. We hear of Stockton, California. We hear of E.G. Hargrove in Dallas, Texas with these massive churches that are growing faster and faster and faster and faster. But let me tell you, the only way that that happens is because uh, somebody at some point sacrificed uh, something. There was blood. There was spiritual battles that happened. There was guts. uh, There was all kinds of things spewed in the spirit because it cost them something. And if we want to be a church with a lasting impression, we have to give God everything that we have. That's why I say this week is our moment. That's why I say if we listen and obey the voice of God and if we are obedient to his word, he will present us the opportunity. The moment will happen. But we also have to agree that it's going to cost everybody something. But we also have to agree that we will not offer something that did not cost us anything. I'm not going to offer something on my friend's behalf. I'm not going to offer something on my neighbor's behalf. Uh, This week it's me and Jesus. Sir, if you lead your family in prayer, you will be amazed at the the prayers that your wife prays. Uh, I believe that our children can get the Holy Ghost this week because uh, of men who lead their families in prayer. I believe that if the men of this church would rise up and be spiritual leaders that God is calling us to do, you listen to me. There is no force that can come against this church that is strong enough to tear the men in the spiritual covering of this church down. But we got to do our part, church family. We have to do our part. If one of us is weak, we're all weak. We are only as strong as the weakest among us. Oh God, you see your people tonight, oh God.